Welcome to Mind Meets Body and Soul, a podcast that connects the dots between clinical mental health and spiritual holistic wellness. I'm Heather, a licensed clinical social worker and mental health guru. And I'm Devin, a Reiki master, spiritual teacher, and lover of all things woo-woo. We're here to discuss various wellness topics, highlighting the connection between the mind, body, and soul. We'll be offering nuggets of wisdom from each of our fields with the ultimate goal of bridging the gap between our two worlds. Whether you lean more into cognitive psychology or flow with the woo-woo waters, our intention is to help you prioritize yourself and unlock a fresh perspective to healing, growth, and expansion. We're so excited you're here. Let's jump in. Everyone, welcome back. Another week of Mind Meets Body and Soul. I am Devin DeGilio here with my co-host. Hey everybody, Heather here. How's it going, Heather? It's going. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm happy as always to be here. Another episode with you. Looking forward to getting into this episode, which I feel like you may be feeling a little hesitant about, but I'm excited. <laughs> Yeah, hesitant, but that's not a bad thing. I'm I'm practicing what I preach today. Practicing what you preach, getting out of your comfort zone. I'll tell you, last night I had an experience getting out of my comfort zone that made me think, oh, today we're going to be pulling you out of your comfort zone. So last night I um, I had gotten an invitation from a friend who had thought of me. He was helping to facilitate a, um, a meditation event in Brooklyn. And earlier in the week, I had gotten the invitation. I had thought about it. I was like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll try to make it. It sounds very interesting. It was like this immersive, you know, all the senses meditation combined with music and taste and smell and all this. Um, and throughout the week, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll probably go. And then somehow yesterday, I just kind of felt guided. I got in the car ahead of time. I planned that I would go to this coffee shop beforehand, grab some dinner by myself, attend a workshop that I had virtually, and yeah. then showed up to this meditation and immediately felt overwhelmed because there were so many people at this event. I only knew my friend who was helping to facilitate the whole thing. So it, it wasn't like I was there spending time with him. And I'm sitting down and everybody seems to know each other, is connecting with one another. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I feel so uncomfortable right now. But from that experience and walking away from that experience, I'm so glad I did because I got to meet some new people and I walked away from that, you know, thinking like, how often do we really take ourselves out of our comfort zone? And so long story short, that's what I feel like we are doing with you today. Yeah, I think it's something that we have to keep doing. And like, I don't know, we may never like want to, like we want to, but we don't want to at the same time. Like, I don't love to be uncomfortable, but I know from being uncomfortable, I'm growing. So like we talked about last episode, like two things can be true at the same time, you know, duality, everything is both. So I can be uncomfortable and grow all at the same time. Absolutely. And don't worry, we're not throwing you in a room full of strangers this episode. <laughs> right. That's true. <laughs> but we are doing something that's uncomfortable for you, which is talking about you <laughs> and centering mm -hmm. a conversation mm -hmm. around you, which I found out last week as we were chatting in the beginning of the episode, talking about your birthday, that you are not somebody that typically likes to have the focus on you. That's right. 
Well, the reason why I wanted to center this conversation around you is because I feel like I've had the space, the, the chance in previous episodes to really share a lot about my story and how I got to where I am. And of course, there's so much more to that as there are with any of us, right? And one thing that I really love about this podcast is having that space and and having the chance to let people in, let our audience in on who we are. We share a lot of personal anecdotes. I haven't even asked you though, how did you get to the point that you're at and what do you love about the things that you do? So that is my intention. That's the direction that we're heading in for this episode. I would love to hear from you what brought you to this field of clinical psychology. I think you'll appreciate this because I kind of like fell into it. It wasn't my initial plan. When I was going to college, I was going for education for like a minute. (laughs) I was going in as an education major and I remember teaching a like it wasn't like teaching a class. It was some sort of like camp or something at like the local YMCA. And I had this feeling there were like 25 five-year-olds running around this gymnasium. I remember very specifically this feeling. And I was like, I can't do this. This is not for me. And I had this like moment of panic. So I pivoted from teaching And I decided like, okay, like both my grandmas were nurses. Let me try nursing. Cause I knew I wanted to work with people. I knew I wanted to help people in some way. So that was always like on the radar. So I was like, duh, nursing seems like the perfect fit for that. Even though I don't love like bodily fluids. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I guess that didn't like cross my mind, but I am also not a very math or science focused person. So when I couldn't get through my chem class freshman year, I also realized like, okay, this can't be it for me either. At some point in there, I think I even dabbled in a semester of athletic training because I was like, I do like anatomy and the body and that like I could work with people and help athletes. So after many trials and tribulations, I remember meeting with my advisor and we kind of fell into psychology because it's so broad. So he was like, you can do all these different things with psychology. You don't 100% have to know where you're going to land. Your courses and the courses that you take over the next few years will help you rule in and rule out things you do and don't like. Started taking some psych classes, naturally loved them, like certainly was very interesting to me. I still didn't 100% know where I was going to end up, if I was going to be in a certain field, if I was going to do research or clinical psychology. And then I ended up getting my master's in social work because I didn't have to take the GRE, which is like this big exam. (laughs) I was not the best. It's so funny how I ended up here. I was not like a great test-taking student. Like I always really liked... I really did well in my classes once I got into college and started taking psych courses where I could do more research and like writing assignments and my classes were way less test focused. I really had a hard time with exams and studying and testing like all throughout school. So like I quite literally went for a master's in social work because I didn't have to take the GREs. And I loved it. I mean, here I am. I think 
I'm really grateful that I, in hindsight, I'm really grateful that I took the path that I did, even though I had no idea where I was going. I was kind of just like wandering around in the dark because I think my master's in social work has allowed me to learn so much about like advocacy. And we've talked about like macro systems and like, I can see things now from the psychology perspective and the effect on the individual, but I can also understand like the importance of advocating for ourselves and advocating for our clients. I understand so much more about like social justice. I understand bigger systems that are at play um, for individual people and for us, like as people in society and in the world. So that's how I got to my degree. And then in terms of like the work that I've done, I started out interning ironically in a school. My first internship was in a school and I was like, oh boy, like here we go. But I actually loved that too, because I think the second internship after that, I also worked with kids and I really think it was, it felt more accessible at the time being a new social worker to work with kids because I could be creative, which I already knew how to do. I was doing a lot more like play therapy and art therapy and emotion like coaching. And it wasn't as like intensely clinical. It was fun clinical in a way. So I'm really grateful that I had those experiences working um, in a school. It kind of also taught me like I can handle this. It just felt scary at the time. So it was a good like learning lesson for me. Then I worked for a nonprofit, a community nonprofit doing crisis counseling for kids and families, which I found to be another love. I love, love, love family therapy. And I think that's because I grew up in a big family and I understand like family dynamics so well on a personal level. So I think it felt healing to help other families and do some of that like more family work. I love like family dynamics shows like um, shameless and like all the reality TV shows I think are so interesting to me because I look at it from a clinical lens. And then lastly, before starting my own private practice, I worked at a, um, it's called a partial hospitalization program, but it's basically like a day treatment program for women with eating disorders. And that's where I really honed my clinical skills. I learned so much there about the importance of emotional regulation and what happens when we're dysregulated. That's where I started really tuning into my own body and like even just looking at like, okay, like how are these emotions affecting me and sitting in my body? And um, I really grew so much clinically there. That's it. Here I am now. I feel like I talked for four hours. <laughs> Did it feel uncomfortable? <laughs> it was uncomfortable. That's why I think I was like talking fast and oh. factually. <laughs> no, it was great. I mean, I was seeing you just share like a story and it's a piece to you that I haven't known. I've, I've only known you now, not even a full year, but I didn't know how you got into therapy. And the thing that's funny about that is I feel like, and probably for any of the clients that work with you too, is like, you don't really see or necessarily think about the story of how somebody got from one place to another. You just have this defined role. And especially when you excel in the role that you're in, as you do as a therapist, it's like, well, of course you're a therapist. <laughs> 
of course you were always meant to be a therapist, regardless of if you told me that you prior to being a clinical therapist were something else. It just, it makes sense that you are a therapist. And what I love about what you shared of how you were just kind of like stumbling through knowing that you, you had this desire to help others and to work with other people, but not knowing what that looked like. I mean, I think that that's something that so many can resonate with. And it's also a breath of fresh air that from the very start, you weren't like this, this is what I meant to do and I'm going to do it because that's not the reality for so many people. So I think you just sharing that in this moment and sharing the trajectory for those who are maybe also messily stumbling through their career path choice, I think it'll be comforting. I learned a lot. I was definitely stumbling and I do feel like, like you talk a lot about like synchronicities and, and things happening for a reason. And I do feel like I was, I was kind of just like wandering around and like gently being guided into this direction. And like, I finally like made my way here. I also like ruled out a lot of things. Obviously I just talked about like 10 years of my life in like five minutes. So it was a lot more than that. And I know a lot more went into it. Um, and I made a lot of decisions based on what I knew I didn't want. So I might not know where I'm going, but I, de I, don't, I know where I don't want to be. And I think that really helped me narrow the pot down a lot of like, okay, I'm not heading in this direction. Like this isn't the right direction for me either, but somewhere over there is where I want to go and like, let me head in that general direction. So that was really helpful in deciding what I don't want. And as you are explaining all of this, as you've explained this whole trajectory over this 10-year period, I am just smiling inside because I know your astrology birth chart and I know your human design chart, two tools that I use that are available to all of us to help understand who we are, how we're made up, how we're meant to show up energetically. And I am just like, this it has been written in your birth chart. <laughs> the moment that you <laughs> arrived here on this planet, this has been your destiny all along. So are you ready to hear about your charts oh my and gosh, to yes. <laughs> put the pieces together? Like, duh, this makes so much sense. Yeah. I love, love, love learning. So tell me all the things. Okay. So disclaimer, I am not an astrologer. I'm also not a human design expert. However, with my strong well, first with my strong Sagittarius placements, I love truth seeking. I love learning. I love devouring information and truths and, you know, being all about expansion. I don't want just one tool or one method. I want it all. With my strong Virgo placements, I love analyzing. I love collecting data. I love, you know, teaching it, spilling it out. So I've taken an interest in astrology and in human design within the past year or two, and it has been so helpful for me to not only understand who I am, how I'm made up, what I'm meant to do, but then also to take that and relate to others. So we will have to have a more extensive conversation on astrology and on human design and maybe even bring in my astrologer and my human design coach into the podcast. But based on my beginner level understanding, you are a Cancer Sun, a Pisces Moon, 
and a Libra rising, right? Yes. Okay. So in astrology, these are what's called the big three. When somebody asks you what your sign is, oftentimes we are just familiar with our sun sign and that's, you know, the month, the date that we were born in, but the moon sign and the rising sign are also equally as important, if not more, because they in indicate the full view of you. So starting with your sun sign in cancer, your sun sign is your ego. It's all about the, the who you are in, in the essence. It makes so much sense that you are a cancer sun, knowing you as a therapist, as somebody who is just very caring, very nurturing. That's exactly what cancer signs represent. Cancer is very nurturing, motherly, um, very compassionate and caring during cancer season, which is the season we're in right now. It's all about that self-care and that nurturing aspect. So I see cancer as kind of like the motherly type figure of astrology. So it would make sense that that's who you are. You are somebody who at your core wants to help people. Spot on. Makes sense. <laughs> All right. We're going to keep moving on. I'm also thinking about, I'm also thinking about like the other cancers I know who are like my mom's a cancer. One of my friends is a cancer and I'm like, wow, this makes sense. They are yep. also very like, like motherly and dependable. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So moving on, then when you have your moon sign, your moon sign represents your inner world, your emotional world, right? So we think of like the sun during the daytime, the sunlight, it's bright. You can see it. That's your, you know, your ego as opposed to the nighttime, the, the sky is dark and the, your more inner world comes out, right? The, the part of you that people don't always see. So you having your moon in Pisces makes sense because Pisces is very emotional, watery, um, very like ethereal, very intuitive, not all too different from cancer. Pisces is also very sensitive and very gentle, very empathetic, sometimes for better or worse. So hence when those tears come out, when I guide you through meditation, that's your Pisces moon right there. Interesting. So I'm doubly emotional. <laughs> yeah, you got the you got a lot of emotion there. <laughs> and then coming into the third big sign, your ascendant or your rising. Both words are used interchangeably. Your rising sign indicates like what you're rising into. So your rising sign um, is determined based on your birth time. So it's at the moment of when you were born, when you come into this earth and what you are being born or grown or developed into. Your rising sign is what people see, the version of you that they see. So sometimes it is described as of like, as the mask that you're wearing, but really it's just like anybody that's looking at you will say, okay, I see Heather as X, Y, Z. And it's so interesting that you mention how you love working with families. You understand family dynamics. First of all, cancer is a very like nurturing family oriented sign. And two, beyond that, your rising sign is in Libra. Libra is all about fairness, balance, family systems, relationships. Um, so for somebody that is looking at you from the outside, 
Absolutely. It makes sense that you are a therapist because you're somebody who's helping to restore order and balance within a person, within a, in a, a relationship. You work with couples, you work with families, um, and you're able to see things from all different sides, which is a very Libra quality. I was smiling while you were saying that because like I talk to my own therapist about fairness a lot and like it's just a hang up for me. It's like such a thing that like I don't know where it came from, but now I know and it just like always matters. And I guess that's interesting too because it does tie into the social work, social justice, like advocacy, like piece of all of the other emotional stuff. Yeah. So that's your big three. We could get into a whole nother conversation about your astrology, but I will leave that to the actual experts. That is just my beginner understanding, but already right there, it's like, well, duh, Heather is a therapist. <laughs> right. From like literal birth. <laughs> from literal birth. And then beyond that too, as I mentioned, human design is another tool that I also like to use to understanding and, and that I is most helpful for me to understand like how you're energetically made up. We all have different energy types. And um, I, I like to use human design to understand how somebody is energetically made up and how they're meant to show up with their energy. And we've talked about this before. Your human design type is projector. There are five different energy types and yours is projector. We've talked about this in our very first episode or first episodes. Mine is manifester. As a projector, you are here with a lot of wisdom and you're here to guide people, guide your clients with that, that level of wisdom. So as a projector energy type, it makes so much sense that you are a therapist. I also see that you are extremely creative in the content that you produce in the different activities that you come up with for your clients or for your community. And as a projector, it's really important for you to be seen and acknowledged for your innate gifts. And there's so much to that. The projector energy type has the least amount of energy than any of the other energy types. So you may find that you that rest is really important for you and you actually need to take frequent breaks because you're not somebody that would thrive in like corporate nine to five setting. Does that make sense? Well, I'm chronically tired. So. <laughs> and I do need, like I come home sometimes from work and I'm just like, especially if I have like five or six clients that I see in a row and I'm literally like dragging myself through the door. So I do feel that a lot. Yeah. So I'm not going to go too much into that because we will have to bring in my human design coach. There's one other thing that I do want to bring into as to, it speaks so much to what you said too and how you were kind of like, stumbling through this journey of discovering what you wanted to become. So in your human design chart, there's also something called a profile and there's two numbers. I have no idea what that means profile, but I do know just from researching what the numbers mean and the numbers seem to indicate parts of you and the way that you show up. And your profile is six, three minus two, four. So totally different than yours. Yours is six, three. And what that indicates, somebody with a 3-6 um, a or a 6-3, having that 3 in your profile means that you learn best by doing. It's a lot of trial 
an error for you. So the fact that you maybe thought that you would go into teaching, but you experienced through a short teaching experience that it was not for you, that is exactly how you were energetically made up. That's how you learn best. That's how you get to where you want to go by practicing, by trial and error, and then taking that information and understanding, okay, yes, this is what I really like to do, or no, this is not what I want to do at all. Yeah. No, that hits. That makes a lot of sense. And then having that six in your profile, from what I understand, is all about authentic expression and taking the wisdom that you've learned and bringing it out and sharing that with others and feeling really excited to share that with others. So it's almost like the the things that you're learning through your own experiences, the things that you're learning with clients, things that you're learning through me in this podcast, like there's a part of you that, that feels really lit up getting to take that out and share that outwardly. Yeah. That's a hundred percent true. I always, even like if I go to like a training and I learn something new, I just like always feel energized when I have new information and I'm like very eager to share that. Like I want to shout it from the rooftops. (laughs) Exactly. So that short tidbit of like your um, birth chart, astrology birth chart and your human design chart, like there's so much more to that. But I look at that and I look at those tools and be like, wow, what a breath of fresh air. It is you laid out in these charts, written in the stars and the placement of the planets already. Um, and yet you, without this knowledge, have already been living this way your your entire life and like following the path that you were always meant to be on. Yeah. It took me like 30 something years to to learn all that you just shared, but I've been kind of doing it, which is why it makes sense too, that I've kind of just been like meandering around without knowing because I didn't know. And I say to my clients all the time, you don't know what you don't know. So I'm just making my way, figuring it out, seeing what works and what doesn't. But yeah. there's there's uh, other stuff happening that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure. Well, off of this recording, we'll have to explore more of your charts and, and see what, what comes up for you. But yeah, that yeah, is- No, I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. And for those that are that are listening who know Heather, who work with Heather, I have a pretty good feeling that you'll be like, yep, that's her. That's exactly the way that I see her too. So with that, you have gone on this journey to discovering that your purpose, at least for right now, is helping others through being a clinical therapist. You've been a clinical therapist for how long now? Practicing? To um, let me do some finger math. Twenty sixteen is when I got my master's. So since then, twenty sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, five, seven years. Somewhere between five to seven years. <laughs> okay. Um, I, love I would love. <laughs> I would love to know, like, what are your, what are the things that you've learned in being a therapist that have helped you grow? both professionally and personally? I think about my job a lot of times. Did you ever see one of those bumper stickers or those signs about like rescue dogs? And it's like, who rescued who? Yeah. That's how I feel about being a therapist. Like I have learned so much in school And in all these, like every couple of years, you have to do continuing education credits. Like I'm always learning 
textbook stuff, tools, strategies for how to approach working with clients. But I like learn so much from my clients too about our ability as humans to be resilient and how we can overcome like tremendously tragic things and how we're so powerful and how like I know we've talked about our love for Brene Brown and she talks about like vulnerability and how it's a huge strength of ours and it takes such courage to be vulnerable and like I love that I get to see that like I feel very lucky and very privileged to be able to have clients come to me and trust me with their stories and trust me with their traumas, but also like their successes and the things that are going well. I feel very fortunate that I'm able to be the one to hold space for these people while they do their healing. And people will thank me for the support that I offer them. And maybe it's just because I don't like to talk about me, but I'm like, no, you're the one that's here. You're doing it. I'm just holding the space or I'm just the sounding board or I'm offering tools and suggestions, but you're out there doing the work and doing the healing. So I think it's really amazing to be able to get to work with so many different people on so many different things. And I, and I try not to forget that. I very much try to remind myself and my clients like that I see them and I appreciate them and I understand the hard work that it takes to be a client in therapy and to have that introspection and that self-awareness and like look yourself in the mirror, even the parts you don't like to see. I know that's hard. I know that's not easy. And I admire and commend everybody that's doing that work for themselves. Yeah. Beautiful. Loved every part of that. And I, I see that. I feel like you're somebody that exudes that nurturing quality that, you know, cheerleader support. And I think the point that you made of how, you know, grateful you feel that you've also learned so much and that it's helped you so much is such a testament to the fact that all of our outer experiences, relationships are just holding up a mirror for us to take Mm -hmm whatever that person, that situation, that experience is showing us and to be a little bit more introspective and to reflect, okay, what is this having to teach me or what is this teaching me about myself? And so I fully agree with you that when you're in this position as a healer, coach, mentor, et cetera, not only are you helping the people that you're working with, but they're also helping you in so many different, you know, unseen or indirect ways as well. So that was beautiful. It's funny too, because I love when my clients, I don't know why this just popped in my head, but I love when a client will tell me that their partner or their family member like knows me by name and will say like, well, what would Heather say? Or like, it's (laughs) funny to think that like, I, I'm thinking of like a, a ripple in a pond, right? Like I'm drop like helping facilitate this like drop but then this person this client that I'm working with they're taking that out and like it's it's affecting their relationships in in positive ways and and their work and like there's other effects that this stuff has the work that my clients are doing is bigger than just them too and that matters mm. and i appreciate that they're willing to do that work 
not only for themselves, but for the people around them too. Beautiful. And that's that very like tangible aspect of spirituality that we talk about where like you are seeing the ripple effect. You have that understanding that your the work that you do, the words that you speak, the decisions that you make have that ripple effect on others. It's not just you working with one person or you as the micro system, but it's also about the macro system and, and how all of that is so interconnected. So mm -hmm. I love that. Well, I love you sharing my charts and all that information. That's what I've been like waiting for since we even started this podcast. I just want to know all the things. And I think it's really cool to know that as much as I chose this, like this is also like, it makes sense that it resonates so much with me. And I'm so passionate. Like I feel even more fortunate now ending this episode because I know that like, energetically what I've chosen is aligned. Like I, I always say I'm very grateful that I found my passion because I know not everybody gets that, but now I know it's even deeper. Like I'm literally like aligned and, and that's why things resonate so well with me. So thank you for sharing that because it helps me feel even more grateful right now. Of course. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy to, I want that for everybody. I think everybody should have an understanding of who they are, why they do the things that they do. And it is so simple and accessible as looking up your birth chart and reading a little bit about who you are and, and how you're made up. So you can take a deep breath now because the conversation about you is coming to a close. <laughs> but one thing that I was thinking we could do at the end of this episode, um, instead of looking up at the vision board, I could ask you, I know that you speak about something you call, you call therapisms. Yeah, therapyisms. Therapyisms. Mm -hmm. All right. So, therapyisms, would you explain what therapyisms are? <laughs> I don't even know if it's a real thing. I think I made it up, but it's, I just say the same things a lot of times in therapy. They're like my little like therapy catchphrases that I've even found like some of my clients pick up on and say. So, a therapyism is just like my, like if I was Woody from Toy Story and you pulled a string, I'd have like a few things that like came out. <laughs> Well, I know that we have all heard your therapyism, pay attention on purpose. And I love that one. Mm -hmm. If you want to leave our audience with one or two more therapyisms, what would you have? So pay attention on purpose is a big one. That's probably the number one. One that I say, obviously we've talked to about duality. So I say like, you know, balance is very important. Balance is everything. But the other one that I often am trying to help people reframe is that uncomfortable is not bad. And I think that's like so full circle for this episode because I was uncomfortable talking about me. And that's how we started this conversation too, right? Like on, with discomfort comes growth. So my last therapyism or my other therapyism that I'll leave our listeners with is being uncomfortable does not equal bad. I love that. And that is definitely a full circle moment. Perfect for this episode. Well, thank you so much, Heather, for stepping outside of your comfort zone and talking about yourself. I learned a lot about you today, and I know that our audience has learned a lot and will appreciate having a better understanding of you know who you are, where you came from, and why you're doing what you're doing. 
Well, thanks for guiding me through it and holding space for me, Devin, as always. I appreciate you. Of course. And with that, we wrap up episode 15 of Mind Meets Body and Soul. Next week, episode 16 launches the last Tuesday of July, which is crazy to think that we're almost, when this episode airs, we will almost be at the end of July. And that brings on our third guest speaker. So I'm looking forward to who you are bringing on, Heather, and having another great conversation with our guest. Well, thank you again, Devin, for being so supportive and encouraging in this episode. Thank you to everybody for listening and tuning in while I got uncomfortable and chatted about myself. And I'm excited to see what's to come. Excited for all the episodes in the future. So thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. We are so glad that you took the time to share this space with us. We'll be releasing new episodes of Mind Meets Body and Soul every Tuesday, so be sure to give us a follow and share this podcast with those you love. To connect with us and join our communities, head to the show notes where you'll find our contact information and individual websites. Until next week, stay grounded, keep growing, and trust that everything you seek is unfolding for you.